God's Decree Defined Wilhelmus A. Brockel 1635-1711 The extrinsic works of God originate in the decrees of God. This is true in a general sense, but also in a special sense relating to man's eternal predestination, as well as the counsel of peace or the covenant of redemption, wherein the Son became surety on behalf of his elect. The manifestation of the extrinsic works of God relates to nature, creation and providence, or grace, which is the execution of the great work of redemption. We will initially consider the decrees of God, which is a doctrine from which a believing child of God may derive extraordinary comfort, delight, peace, and joy. God is all-sufficient in Himself, having had no need to create any of His creatures. The creature can neither add glory nor felicity to Him. However, it has pleased the Lord to create creatures in order to communicate His goodness to them and consequently render them happy. In decreeing creation, God is eternally purposed and decreed within Himself where, when, how, and of what nature each creature should be and what each should do and encounter. Whereas the doctrine itself can be deduced from the Word of God, the manner in which God decreed is hidden from us. In this respect, we have hindsight rather than foresight. We discuss this doctrine in human terms, seeking to understand it in a manner consistent with God's being. Socinians and Arminians, considering the contingent nature of all that transpires, as well as the fact that man acts according to the free exercise of his will, are prepared to remove everything, particularly that which pertains to man, from under the domain of divine government. They cannot comprehend how God could have decreed everything so precisely. They argue, what happens to the concept of contingency and what remains of the freedom of man's will? How can prayer, exhortation, and diligence have any purpose? And how then can God be exempt from being the cause of sin and the damnation of man? If man cannot add anything to his salvation, he might as well cease all efforts and live in indifference. Consequently, they deny that God's decree extends to everything and that He has decreed specific events from eternity. We, however, being firmly grounded in the truth, maintain upon the basis of God's word that there is such a decree of God, a truth that we confess and seek to use in a sanctified manner. In order to present this truth clearly to everyone, we shall consider the essential nature of God's decree and its particulars, confirming this from God's word. We shall begin by considering the testimony of the word of God, scripture, and teaching that God has created maintains and governs all things according to a decree that he has decreed within himself, uses a diversity of expressions to describe and represent this eternal decree. Number one, it uses the word decree. I will declare the decree. Psalm chapter two, verse seven. Truly the son of man goeth as it was determined. Luke chapter 22, verse 22. Number two, it uses the verb to a point. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me. Job chapter 23, verse 14. Number 3. It uses the phrase determinate counsel and foreknowledge. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 23. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Acts chapter 4, verse 28. Number 4. It uses the phrase, the counsel of his will and his pleasure. My counsel shall stand, 
and I will do all my pleasure. Isaiah chapter 46 verse 10 Who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 Number 5 It uses the word purpose. Who are the called according to his purpose. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 These texts do not merely provide us with the various designations for this decree, but convincingly and simultaneously confirm the truth of the doctrine that God has eternally made a decree, according to which proceeds all that transpires in this time state. In human decision-making, people will view a matter from all angles, considering both pros and cons in order to determine its feasibility. Often they cannot analyze the situation correctly, vacillate between two options, and ultimately must make a decision based on the facts as they appear to be at the moment and in similar situations. Far be it from us, however, to attribute such imperfections to the omniscient, only wise, omnipotent, and immutable God. His ways are not as our ways. We cannot analyze in what manner the Lord decrees and establishes His counsel and purpose. We know, however, that He does so, and that our human terminology gives expression to the unsearchable wisdom and immovability of God's purpose, as well as His comprehensive plan concerning all things as to the manner of their existence and the time of their occurrence. The Decree of God Defined We understand the decree of God, then, to be the eternal, volitional, all-wise, sovereign, and immutable purpose of God concerning all and every matter, comprehending both the time and the manner in which these matters will occur. Prior to the creation of the world, there was only eternity, and thus matter, bodies, forms of life, and whatever else one may imagine, did not exist. God, who inhabited eternity, purposed to create a world, populate it with creatures, and maintain and govern them, thereby determining and stipulating the place, activity, and the course of events transpiring during the existence of each creature. This decree is the original cause whereby, and according to which all things exist and occur in time, existing and occurring without deviation from this decree. Men first form a mental concept of that which they wish to make, adding and subtracting things that initially they have either partly or fully observed. Concerning God, however, there was no design external to him imposed upon him after which he would pattern that which he wished to create. All that he has created is an expression of his counsel. God's decree is the vehicle whereby he gives expression to his counsel. All that exists and transpires is the expression of that decree. The decree of God being an intrinsic act of his will is not incidental to God, but is the decreeing God himself. God's decree is from eternity. God does not decree things in response to issues that are already present, such as the manner of human decision-making. Rather, prior to the creation and existence of the world, He ordained all the events that He would bring into existence, that is, the time and place, means of execution, individual activities, and the individual circumstances from beginning to end for each. Scripture states emphatically, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Acts chapter 15 verse 18 God by virtue of his decree has foreknowledge of all that will exist and occur in time. 
so that according to his will, by an act of his omnipotence, all matters are transferred from a state of potential existence to actual existence. It thus logically follows that God's eternal foreknowledge of all matters necessarily follows from the fact that he has eternally decreed them, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 To his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 That which exists prior to time is necessarily exclusive of the concept of time. Prior to the existence of time, there was only eternity. Should the thought occur concerning the moment when God made his decree prior to the existence of time, one is, without knowing it, already thinking within the parameters of time. Eternity necessarily excludes duration of time and chronology. Eternity is an incomprehensible concept for us as temporal creatures. Since God's decrees are existent prior to time, they are necessarily eternal. In the execution of things, both duration of time and chronology are factors. However, this chronology also has been eternally decreed by God by a singular act of His will. In sequence and nature, God Himself precedes His decree. However, in view of the eternal existence of this decree, such cannot be true in a chronological sense. In considering God's decree, we must differentiate between viewing this decree relative to the decreeing God, it being a singular act of His will, or relative to the matters that have been decreed. In the latter, there are as many dimensions to this decree as there are matters to which this decree relates. The decree of God is in all aspects volitional and non-compulsory. It is also not motivated in the least degree by any internal or external necessary causes. It is purely an expression of His sovereign good pleasure. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 After the counsel of His own will. Verse 11 Compulsion and volition are mutually exclusive, but necessity and volition can very well coexist. God's being is of necessity volitional. The fact, however, that his will extends to matters that are extrinsic to his being, that is, to create and govern them, to decree their manner of existence, to establish the course of events during their existence, that one will be rich and the other poor, that one will live in this locality and the other in that locality, all this is purely volitional. God could have decreed to create nothing, or if it were his will to create and govern, he could have created in a different fashion and have established a different course of events for his creatures. If a potter has power over clay to create a vessel purely by the free exercise of his will, if the head of a household has the prerogative to furnish his home as he pleases by placing one object here and another there, would then the sovereign Lord of all things not have the prerogative to deal with his clay and with his creatures according to his good pleasure? Would anyone be able to prevent him who is omnipotent from doing so, thus having to adjust himself to the whims of his creation. Would anyone be able to say, Why hast thou decreed it to be thus and not otherwise? Would any creature be able to compel him to establish a particular decree? This obviously cannot be so. His decree is the expression of his sovereign good pleasure. And it is for this reason that everything transpiring as it does, 
is good because he wills it to be so. How blessed it is for the creature to acknowledge this, approve of it, and surrender his will to the will of God. God has decreed everything with eternal, infinite, and unsearchable wisdom. When people construct something peculiar or extraordinary, we are amazed and exclaim, how has man been able to conceive this? Nevertheless, the idea is not truly original, having been derived from other principles that have been observed either in animals, inanimate objects, or in the work of other men. By way of subtraction or addition, or by rearrangement of order, he has developed the concept for his creation. But who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor hath taught him? Isaiah chapter 40 verse 13. He who is the only wise God, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17, whose understanding is infinite, Psalm 147 verse 5. Who in wisdom has made all things? Psalm 104 verse 24 has also before the existence of time with wisdom ordained and decreed all things. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Romans chapter 11 verse 33 From the Christian's Reasonable Service, Volume 1, pages 193 to 198. Wilhelmus A. Brockel, 1635-1711, Dutch theologian and major representative of the Dutch Second Reformation, born in Leeuwarden, the Netherlands, 1636-1643.